Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Unpacking. I'm Sarah. I'm Lauren. And today we're talking about the future. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> <laughs> episode is titled black mirror slash fear of the future and so for those of you few listeners that don't watch black mirror it is a show from the uk about the future of society as it's impacted by the rapid increase of technology and what that'll look like in the next who knows how many years it's on netflix super binge worthy and also very terrifying horrifying these are this is one of those shows that i have to take breaks on like i actually it's been absolutely but but you're not gonna be able to binge it because you're gonna be like i need to take a break yes because it's so emotionally heavy that you finish one episode and then you realize you're holding your breath for a whole hour and they're like (gasps) (laughs) basically so that's black mare so today we're kind of talking about you know, playing off of that show and our fear of our fear of future as a society also taking into account our fears with our individual futures, which is a lot. I feel like we say that for every episode. This is a lot. This is a lot. I mean, because this is what we do. We unpack, right? right? So it can't be some humdrum two-sentence topic. I can't be tweeting this in however many characters. So, yeah. So, I have a question for you, Lauren, and it's pretty basic. Where do you think you'll be in the next two years, five years, or ten years? You can pick one or pick them all. I love how you frame this as, oh, such an easy question when (laughs) literally this question, everybody hates this question. Nobody said Uh, easy. I said basic. Oh, okay. Yeah, (laughs) true. Um, Well, I would say in two to five years, I see myself just focusing on my career for sure. I think those will Mm -hmm. be the, the grinded out years. I think they'll continue past two to five years, but that's for sure what I can see myself doing. Aside from that, and aside from career, I see myself in all of the years, in the two, five, and ten, hopefully growing as a person. Mm-hmm. That would be really sad <laughs> if I wasn't growing as a person. Learning and just enjoying my life and my time. Like I want to mm-hmm. be able to be really present throughout all of the years and not feel like the next 10 years are lost on me because I was too wrapped up in yeah one thing. Um, so generally speaking, I hope I'm happy in 10 years and I can see myself being happy in 10 years. I just got to work on being present and mm. putting in the work. So what about you? Um, in my professional life, I definitely still want to be doing what I'm doing just better. Um, being a sign language interpreter in my community and hopefully adding, continuing to add value to my community with the work that I do. I'd also like to get some higher education. I've done my bachelor's degree and, 
I'm really interested in doing some other things. Like I have my eye on this certificate in healthcare interpreting that I'd like to do. So just focusing on my skill set as it relates to the healthcare system, whether that's behavioral healthcare or, you know, medical healthcare, you know, it's very broad, but but hopefully being able to hone in my skills in that way. And then I know you and I talked about another arena of higher education, a whole different domain that we want to go into maybe later in our lives. So that's definitely on the list, my short list of things I want to do. One thing that me and my partner have talked about is traveling. I'm Oh, yes. Yeah, I'm not very well traveled yet. I yeah, I've I've only left the country once and um it was amazing. It was a great experience and I'd just like to continue having those kinds of experiences because I've noticed very big shifts in my frame of mind and my thinking after I travel because it's it's really humbling to be a witness to somebody else's way of life that's different than your own and to be able to be present while that cultural exchange is happening I I was just very honored when Mm -hmm. uh, when I had that opportunity so definitely traveling more and in 10 years whoa I would imagine myself having or at least starting to have a family or start like making moves towards that. I feel like your answers make me seem like an asshole. No. <laughs> You're like, I want to travel. I want to have these experiences with my partner and then start a family. And I'm like, I want to work. That's good. <laughs> and then though. be happy. Yeah. Hold I just on. didn't. Hold on. I, I left out all this stuff, but I guess. Let me read you, know. you really quick because. Your answer is not bad, and here's why. It's because your job is also a service. So you are serving your community in your own way through your job, and that's something you're very passionate about. And you create positive change that way, so you're not an asshole. You are just choosing a different way to add value to your community, and that is fine. So I need you to just not feel like an asshole right now. You take a seat. (laughs) So we talk a little bit about the future and all of our goals, but sometimes when we talk about like things unknown, that creates a little bit of a discomfort, a little bit of uh, friction. And I just want to know if you have any discomfort in the unknown in your future and if there are and if that creates any attachments to anything in the now. I do find discomfort in the unknown. I think it's more because I, it's not a thing that I can plan around and I don't mm-hmm. like not being able to do that. On the other hand, the unknown is also something that as a creative is very freeing to me. Mm. So like on the Absolutely. complete opposite side, I like that I'm not nailed down to one particular thing or that there's only one purpose or function of me being here and doing things like I just can't handle the idea of that so I guess there is a little bit of comfort in that when things are unknown that means that things can be varied Mm -hmm. and um 
But I would say that overall, the future is something that I tend to think about more. Um, there are some people, and you know, maybe one of you listening, or maybe you, Sarah, feel this way, who tend to focus on their past, mm. like dwelling on past feelings, feeling guilt about that. I feel more pressure in looking towards the future. And I've been trying to work on it, and I've talked to a lot of my close friends and my parents just about the danger of looking to the past and looking to the future and Mm -hmm. kind of fixating yourself on that because then you lose the moment that you're currently in and you're missing the opportunities that maybe could have clarified that next step for you uh, moving forward. So, yeah, I mean, for sure. Yeah, and I, I like this comment that you made uh, referencing how some people spend too much time in their past and some people spend too much time in their future. I think either way, whichever one that you're dealing with right now is going to cause us to miss our whole life Yeah, because that's where we're spending our time. For me, I think most of it has to do with limits, deadlines, and expectations that I put on myself. Mm-hmm. for how much I want to quantify success for whatever deadline that I set myself. Like, <laughs> I think when I was 17, I was like, I'll be married by 21. Here I am. Oh, my god. <laughs> 22. Here I am. 22. <laughs> not married. Not married and not really planning to get married anytime soon. So right. there's that. And, I, again, you reevaluate and you change your goals based on what's going on in your life right now. But I think that I'm starting finally to let go of the timeline. There doesn't have to be a timeline for me. At least I find that very restrictive because we're all kind of just scrambling to get it together and no path is ever linear. So Mm -hmm. I think trying to kind of compartmentalize your entire life to fit this like linear format And this journey of, you know, not moving back, only moving forward when, like, half the time we're, like, taking steps sideways is part of the cause of the stress and the anticipation and the anxiety. And it's, like, I don't have to do that anymore. I don't have to see everything as ahead of me. Instead, I can see... Like, this is something that I could do that will maybe bring me closer, but maybe it won't. Maybe it'll open something new. Maybe it'll open my mind to a whole new goal or thing that I want to start pursuing. My dad would always tell me, as long as you're headed in the direction, in the general direction of where you want to go, just you're on your way and that's all that matters. Let's talk a little bit about, let's switch into talking about technology and the evolution that we've seen in our lifetimes specifically because, you know, everybody tells me that they really, they never fail to tell me like, you're living, you were born in the internet age. I didn't have that when I was a kid. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, I know. Amazing. Oh my gosh. Let's talk a little bit about where we see society and technology shifting in the next five or ten years aside from anything political let's just strictly speak culturally socially and electronically i mean uh, 
Yeah, I, I think this is why we tied in Black Mirror. Yeah. I literally feel like that is what our world can turn into mm-hmm. and is is at least on the on the path, on the road of turning into that, right. which is very terrifying. And Absolutely. I fear that this isn't even really the worst of it. And I think it's making us less social because it's all surface level, social mm-hmm. surface level at this point. People don't know how to have a conversation. But then I do have this caveat where I'm like, technology has also helped solve a lot of issues mm-hmm. for us um, when it comes to the health industry, the medical field, also just with consumerism. I mean, I think that we have too much, honestly. I don't think we need all the things that are out there Absolutely. and it's a whole ploy and that's a whole other conversation. But in the case of just being able to mass produce if needed, that's a thing, um, which we had talked about in another episode, automation mm-hmm. and kind of the future of everything basically becoming automated and whether mm-hmm. or not that would affect our jobs. So I'm going to throw that in real quick because I thought that was a super interesting conversation. When we talk about things changing, mm-hmm. automation, and will automation take away our jobs? Because when you started talking about technology and certain devices that are already starting to help and aid and all this stuff and whatever, um, and then in and in, in AI and all of that, and the fact that there are computers and robots that are learning now. It's not even just that they're computing and doing what they need. They are learning right. as they go. And I almost I'm I'm being tricky because I kind of know the answer to my own question from my interest in reading a lot about this, but I guess I just want to kind of hear your thoughts on when someone or if someone said to you, well, like you're interpreting now, but 40 years from now, there's going to be a screen or, you know, a robot who can do it instead or can take away, like maybe the person can communicate for themselves and we don't need you. My grandma told me that the first year that I started the interpreting no program, she freaking oh roasted me. Oh my gosh. She first told me this. She said, did you see those, those gloves that interpret sign language? Did you see them? And I was like, why, yes, grandma. I did on the Facebook. And she said you need to like start looking for something else because you never know when it's going to be over. (laughs) And just like, it was just a sense of impending doom that she felt for me. And I was like, okay, cool. So then I, I was like, let me teach you a sign, grandma. It was a sign for work, which y'all can't see because we're here on this podcast me and Lauren are FaceTiming, so I'm going to sign as I am speaking this, but I showed her the sign for work. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, this is what it looks like. And then she's like, okay. And I was like, but if I do it like this, and then I signed it with a different movement and a different speed, it means to work very hard over a long period of time. And if I sign it like this, It means working a lot, doing a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. And if I sign it like this with my mouth 
or looking like this, it means to work really, really, really hard. So you see, these gloves cannot register the feeling and the movement and the what's on my face and my expression and all of these things that add meaning and color the meaning of different words in different languages. Just like, just like when you put something into Google Translate, it's not going to give you the idiomatic and the cultural context of right. what it is that I'm saying. So the thing with interpreting is that we're not just interpreting language, we're interpreting culture. And I don't think that you are ever going to be able to install culture into a robot. If they can, hopefully it's after I'm dead and I've made a living for myself. <laughs> oh my gosh. Because, right. uh, I, I mean, I could, I could switch careers. I could do something else, which is, mm -hmm. you know, it's fine. But I don't think you can ever install culture because uh, just because of how vast it is, all the different nuances and intricacies and how it's right. changing over time. I don't, I don't think you can, I don't think that'll be an issue for me. Do you think it'll be an issue for you? With robots writing articles and, and doing think, news? Well, so what, what it's less that they're writing articles. What, mm -hmm. it's, what it looks like right now is taking information mm -hmm. and filtering through. Like it's almost like its own filter process because, I mean, mm -hmm. journalists are gatekeepers. Mm -hmm. There are many things. There are many things, but they are also gatekeepers of information. And so, when mm. stories are breaking and things are happening, you know, we take that information mm -hmm. and filter through it, make sure it's factual, it's correct, mm -hmm. that it's attributed and sourced, and then take it and structure it in a way that's going to be digestible. And that the person who is consuming that piece of news is going to understand what is the most important thing that you can take away from this. And we go from, you know, top to bottom. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's the inverted pyramid style, which was such a counterintuitive thing for me to learn as a storyteller that just wanted exposition in the beginning. And, you know, <laughs> then we get to the drama. But, you know, no. we're, dun, dun, we're dun. Go Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's not what this is. You know, people don't have time. We just need to get to the point. And mm. so, you know structure and prioritize things so right with the robots and the whole ai thing it would be it's looking like a situation so far right now that it's taking that information it's making decisions on what is true or not true based off of i don't know what to be honest i still need to really look into that like how would it be determining what's at, like legit or not right um and then based off of that dis disseminate that information just as information, you know, I don't know really if it would be crafted into a story or if it's really just like, you know, if you even look at like Google News right now, mm -hmm. where it kind of gives you a little compilation of like, here's US news and here's news for you based off of what you're looking for. Crazy. Here's world news. Here's, yeah. I mean, so, I mean, I, in my mind, I'm imagining that, but with all of our information. And so the argument is that okay, because, I mean, there's always going to be information and the whole thing right now with technology just coming into the picture and people being like, oh, well, journalism is dying. No, it's not because there's always going to be information. Right. If you bring up the robot thing and it can sort out through this stuff, then it's like, okay, I can see how that can be a little threatening. But as far as what you felt when you talk about culture mm -hmm. and the emotion, feeling, mm. being a human – 
Right. And exactly that, you you talking about the coloring of things and the way, I mean, tone, all of that, it's really just like that's something that robotics and AI and all that kind of stuff, it's just not it, it will never humanity really right. was the final answer. Human it's just it's not a human. So right. the way you beat automation and the way you stay thriving in gig economy with all this replacing jobs, whatever, mm-hmm. all blah 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 is be a human. Go gong Okay, so now that we we've patched that in, I'll ask you, I'll toss it back to you. Um what do you think about technology and our society moving forward thanks for the toss lauren i'm here in florida no (laughs) (laughs) um i am frightened but also kind of captivated i have grown up in this age of internet so everybody tells me right and i've been a first-hand witness to all of these technological developments and like you said all these issues being solved all these jobs in information technology being made available to people um and just so much development happening in such a short span of time really it's incredible but then the terrifying part for me is like we said everybody's dissociating our attention spans are getting shorter we're getting less sleep we're less happy you know it's having a lot of ramifications on our physical bodies right now so that's what I mean when I say it's like an emotional paradox I'm very enthralled with what technology has to offer as long as we we don't forget the human part of us because we are creating so much technology, it's creating issues in security. And that's a whole other floodgate that's it. been opened. That's going to be the only thing that I think people will choose to put the device down or choose to disconnect because mm-hmm. because of the lack of privacy, which is already happening. Happening. Well, it's you crazy. stories about data breaches that I talk about? Before all of these videos gone viral and things like that, we really very much relied on, like, network news for all of our news information. And now we're seeing this huge shift getting our news off of, you know, different internet sites that aren't really considered news sites, but we're getting our information from them. And so... I don't know. I I feel like we're kind of in the age of misinformation right now. For sure. And it's a beautiful thing, partially because Mm -hmm. now everybody can say something. You know, if you have access to the internet, then you have a voice. Right. But it's the abuse of that voice to stir the pot or not be really productive or constructive with what you have to say um, that becomes an issue. And, 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 misinformation mislabeling yourself as something that you are not um another huge thing Mm -hmm. that we haven't even brought up is just the abuse that takes place online and using technological devices right people hiding behind screens saying the things that they say is honestly and part of me is like well the fact that they're even saying that 
you always had to have that in you. I mean, it's like people right. have these thoughts and things, but it's the, the courage to say it because you can get away with it. Well, yeah. Well, look at the Facebook warriors that want to have, you know, this really intense, polarizing kind of dialogue. But then when I see that person in person, they will not even come close to touching the kind of things that they would type on their own keyboard and send to me right? or send out into the world, I should say, because it's, it's not to me. It's not about me. Well, I think there's an, a lot of anger and, mm. and you just said, you know, you know, it's not about you, you know, what the, right. whatever people have to say on the internet or what they say, it just, it's not even an actual attack on you, but it's problematic. I think something to look keep an eye out for is how information social media and technology the regulation surrounding it because some of the stuff there i mean there's no regulation because it's so new right um the government tends to shy away from social because it's supposed to be platforms that are Mm -hmm. it's freedom of expression you know they try to really not like get into all of that but obviously there have been issues with misinformation and with um, things spreading that do cause issue. I mean, you could even argue the safety of our nation. Um, absolutely, absolutely. So I think it'll be really interesting to see how how these platforms, which, by the way, if you haven't followed all of them, the majority of them have been in and out of Congress constantly for testimonies for hearings talking about different issues different data breaches different Mm -hmm. i mean i'm sure you saw on facebook when lawmakers were asking mark zuckerberg questions about facebook and they really did not know what to ask him because they don't even get facebook um right just a little side note there when you have (laughs) older people that don't understand the way social media even works asking questions about it hence my keep an eye on how they regulate it Mm -hmm. uh, if they choose to but yeah, they've been in, in and out of those spots and have been obviously trying to sustain autonomy and and also figure out ways to make make things work. The FCC has been under some fire as well mm-hmm. overseas. The European Union has already passed privacy legislation and we're going to see it unfold actually be used in the next coming years like be implemented and i'm super interested in seeing how that works out because maybe it's a blueprint for something that we can bring to the states as far as privacy rights and control over our own information making sure if you want this that companies aren't just taking data or not really asking you if they can take it um mm-hmm. and you know i joke a lot and say my fbi agent knows you know <laughs> what i want and <laughs> oh my fbi fbi agent heard what when i was talking about christmas decor and now i see christmas decor on my ads you know it's all fun and games but um you know when is it crossed the line and so that stuff i can talk about literally for hours and i think it's super right? interesting um <laughs> i'm interested to see the shift in technology and the way that we're sharing information and the way that we're communicating with one another because I really do think that the way we communicate with one another shapes the way we think. And so I'm very much trying to be open and aware to the future changes that are coming. Yeah. 
All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. We hope that this conversation inspires conversations between you and your loved ones. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.